Welcome to the Bagland Podcast, where we discuss politics, tech, and tangibles. If it's not about that, I don't want to hear it. Promoting these black-owned businesses. Phil Solomon Restoration, LLC. He does wallpaper, toilet installation, cabinets, doors, sinks, painting, carpentry. Call 612-298-9852 or email philsolomonrestoration at outlook.com. This brother is on code. He's he's hiring any foundational black Americans looking for work 15 to 20 hours per week, 15 an hour. Start time at 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. Now offering limo services, looking for truck drivers and laborers. Go to Sizzling Wagon, a great food truck, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. in downtown Minneapolis. Also serving on the lockdown as well. Call 612-475-0713 for takeout. Go to Being Black on IT to get into the information technology game now on Amazon Prime. Go to Inns Beauty and Supplies at 615 66th Avenue North Brooklyn Park. Open every day from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Also, my man at Green Royal Videos. Hit me up on beingblackonit.com to get down with his products and services. He's going to be doing a class soon. Uh, teaching people how to do animation. So stay tuned for that. Let's keep it going. Go to www.catwalkfierce.com to get your makeup consultations done. Go to www.accelerateclasses.com for Excel, Python, Data Science, SQL, Aura, Coding, HTML, CSS, Boot Camps. Go to www.sendbeats.com. That's P S Y N Beats.com. A man over there will hook you up for video scores, video games films beats legendary production he does excellent work i know the brother personally have your ass cap and your bmi on deck go to www.mcbridesisters.com that's a black owned wine company go to www.centerfiretacticalgear.com to get your tactical gear also check out redstone firearms in california and go to www.onpointarmsllc.com to get your firearms. You're going to need them. Go to itmasterkey.com to get your online certification. Puzzlehuddle.com. It's a black-owned company that does great puzzles. www.iwantamask.com. I just ordered about 10 masks myself. You get 10 of them for $65. And www.thesafetypouch.com. This allows you to keep your wallet in no reaching distance if the race soldiers pull you over. Um, www.tcmobilecarwash.com. Appointment only. The brother does great work. Mobile car washes. Call 612-800-2772. And he will come where you're at. Appointment only. And last but not least, go to www.dirkswipes.com. Shipping out of Minnesota. Disinfecting wipes. That's D-E-R-X wipes.com. We are covering deep water. When denying foundational black Americans goes wrong. Now, I haven't went live for a while. It's a little hot in here, so I got my fan running. No need to run no AC after this 60 mile per hour thunderstorm tonight. We're live. Let me let. My people know on the book here that we are live. Hold on. Let's get it together.
All right, let me let my people know we're live here. I haven't done a live show in a while. Got my fan on here. If it's bothering you, let me know. I'm not trying to be like a hot potato tonight, and I don't feel like turning on the AC. One of the main topics we're going to cover tonight on the Bagland podcast, jumping Jim Crow 94 crime bill Biden and crime Kamala. We're going to talk about them, which is the double prosecutor. Batman and Robin, the demon version, and their blatant disrespect and disregard for foundational black Americans. See, their whole thing is, well, you Negroes better vote for us or else Donald J with the toupee is going to get in. So quaking your boots because a white supremacist is going to go harder than he already has. So support two anti-black pro-plantation industrial complex demons on the liberal left arm of racism, white supremacy, or deal with Hitler. Join Leopold, because if you don't, you ain't black. And that's their whole little scare tactics. And one of their main targets is they say, well... Uh, black women, you know, they hold up the Democratic Party. So they're going to target their feminists. They're going to target, you know, the immigrant coons. They're going to target, you know, oh, strong black single mother, strong. They're going to use that word. You know, they don't use that word with other races of women. They don't. Only you Negroes, only you niggers. That's that's their whole thing. We're not going to use those words for anybody else. We're going to say you're a strong black single mother. And see, that's that same garbage that they try to use with Sandra Bland. She was so vocal. She was so strong, strong enough to take a bullet, strong enough to take, you know, an attack. We got somebody that wants to give us a call. Who do we got here? Splamer, I do. Land podcast. What's going on? Amazing. What about you? I'm all right. We talking about jumping Jim Crow '94 crime bill, Joe, crime Kamala, and the left arm, the liberal left arm, that wants to force the black vote. But not offer us anything. That's what we talk about tonight and several other topics. How you doing tonight? Amazing. And do you know why I'm calling in? Why are you calling in? About Pizza Gate. Pizza. Hmm. No, no, no. Pizza Gate. Do you know what it is? Not too much. I think I've heard of it. Is that some dark web stuff? It's not really dark web because it's CIA and FBI investigations. So mm-hmm. it's not at all actually uh, dark web. It's just because it's not official. It's just an investigations. Uh, so they have like um, uh, procedure to to deal with it so is this my man tony vino yeah so you don't what what you said 
Tony Vino. Is this Tony Vino? What about Tony Vino? Who is this? Oh, okay. This person so is an object. What is this? Yeah, okay. So you're not you're not Tony Vino. Now I used to have this guy that calls in from time to time. He sounds kind of like you. Then you know, Podbean started saying, Well, hey, this guy here, he's probably one of these guys that's calling in to disrupt. I said, Well, you know, I had some good conversations with Mr. Vino, so but you're not Mr. Vino. Oh, if you don't want to talk about the Pizza Gate, no, I'm not. But if you don't want to talk about Pizza Gate, you can talk about whatever. Uh, I, I don't know too much about it. It's your podcast. Just, I don't know too much about it. it, it it's about fucking. Uh, do, do you, you want to know about it? But just uh, 60 or 80 seconds. You said 60 to 80 seconds? So you can find on Google. Yeah. Has anybody that was involved in that so-called investigation, has anybody been charged with any crimes? Yes. They have. Okay. Who who has but been the leaders identified? Obama. Oh, oh he's he's Hillary one of Clinton. them. Crooked Hillary. So you're saying yes. that, that, that uh, she was one of the people. And and Bill Clinton. I'm Saxo- not saying that. Saxophone Bill? There's a lot. And yes, and and um George W. Bush. So hmm. there's many others uh, involved. But because we are talking about wife of a president of the United States of America, a president of a, or two or three presidents of the United States of America, it's not that fucking easy to talk about it. What's your what's your stance Especially on Jim Crow? If, what's your stance on Joe Biden and, and, and Kamala? I have not Oh, oh, okay, okay. There's another thing, Joe Biden. So, um, who kills Jeffrey Epstein? But you put too much meat on, on a grill, I think, because Pizzagate is already enough, I think. But I think uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. You think about him in what way? The call ended. So he calls up. He's talking about Pizzagate. I don't know too much about that. Let's get back on Jim, Jim, jumping Jim Crow 94 crime bill, Joe and crime koala. See, the Democratic Party has got so desperate. Now, remember, they faced off. They faced off months ago. Joe Biden is faced off months ago. And once he heard that the black media was on his ass saying, wait a minute, you got to give us some tangibles. They ignore black folks. When he was in that last debate, they started asking about about black folks in the last debate. SPKMA, I'm going to get I'm going to get to you in a minute. Let's 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 get on the topic here. Give us give us a call back. Give us a call back in about 45 minutes or so. Let's stay. Let, let's stay the course. Hold on. Jim Crow Joe was asked a question at one of the debates and they said, Hey, look, what is your plan for black folks? So he kind of pivoted over to, Oh, well, you know, illegal aliens and all that. He never really answered the question. 
So he's using some of that old Biden's law. Hey, I'm proud because I sent some of you Negroes to the gates of hell for about 15 plus years. You still got black folks in the prison plantation industrial complex, the plantation industrial complex. You still got black folks that still doing life with no parole. See, they championed the three strikes bill. They loved it. He architected the 94 crime bill, which was worse in question than the than the black codes post quasi or, or post so-called slavery. For all you folks out there that thought the niggas was 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 super free right after slavery. Well, Juneteenth niggas was completely free. Lies. Niggas ain't know till months after in Galveston, Texas. Look it up for the celebratory Negroes listening. The 94 crime bill was arguably worser or almost as bad as the black codes after niggas was so-called freed. That statement I made is either true or false. So they're trying to reel you back in and he's forgetting everything he's saying. The first thing, well, hey, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Your nigger card is determined by whether you vote for me. That's the yardstick. I'm measuring your Negro card by whether or not you vote for me. In so many words, Kunta, get back on the plantation and vote for me. Get back on the Democratic plantation and vote for me. Hey, niggas, vote for me. That's that's the way they were looking at it. That's that's how he was putting it out there. So black folks was like, oh, man, that ain't right. But, man, I'm going to vote for him anyway because anything better than Donald J with the toupee. You, you got those niggas. But what they going to do for you, man, I don't know. They ain't going to do nothing for me, but we just got to get him out. I said, all right. So you got those niggas. You got that group. They're still harping on that group. They're still harping on, you know, the they're still harping on a certain demographic. They got the hood rat demographic. They got the muffle mouth plantation babbling nigga uh, demographic. They got that. And then they got the, oh, I just want sexual access they got that demographic anything for a little bit of access so crime koala with her 125 plus thousand locking niggas up the black channel got on that so i'm not gonna harp on that too much but they gonna get up there and start lying geppetto gonna have to come out they gonna start with they gonna be looking like pinocchio his nose is going to be going longer and longer and longer because they're going to be lying and lying and lying. And I like to revert back to something that I seen today, which was very interesting. I said, you got Kanye. They keep saying, well, you know, he's crazy. He's this and that. But Kanye did something and I don't know why, but he did something which I have to put a marker on. He said, jumping Jim Crow and Donald J with the toupee 
needs to meet with Dr. Claude Anderson ASAP. So I went on social media, the megalomaniacal masochistic mainstream media, and I asked a question. I said, why hasn't anybody from the do nothing demonic Democratic Party, why hasn't anybody from there ever sat down and gave Dr. Claude Anderson a platform? I asked that question more than a year ago. I was talking to some black folks and I said, why is that? Man, well, you know, and I got the Popeye chicken Negro spiritual answer, of course, as usual. And then I asked it again about four to five hours ago. And, and the response was, well, he, he's crazy, but they didn't answer the question. And I asked it again, why didn't anybody sit down? And you, I'm going to tell you one of the reasons why, because Dr. Claude Anderson starts bringing up those laws that I always, whenever people start saying, well, this is the most important, like they said that, a, a de- they said that almost a decade ago, they said that when Barack was talking about, yes, we can. This is the most important election. They said that in my early 20s. In 2008, they were saying that this is going to be the most important election ever. All of this and all of that. They said the same thing. They they feed the youth that garbage because the old plantation civil rights generation don't really want to stand up and say what really needs to be done. The I whoop my ass at the bridge on Selma and thank the police for it. Those type of niggas. We ain't got to say any names. You know who they are. Those type of niggas. Get your ass whipped by the law and thank them for it. Those are the people that's telling the youth, hey, you don't need to worry about reparations. Worry about getting Donald J with the toupee out of office. That's what you should be doing. So Kanye said, hey, listen, Powernomics, you need to sit down. You're going against the status quo because Dr. Claude Anderson is going to start bringing out, wait a minute. Wealth is going to only be the thing that's going to solve this problem with black folks. See, Jim Crow Joe and Crime Koala, they're going to come with that old rising tide to lift everybody's boats. But Castle Black Folk of the Night's Watch. We want you to storm King's Landing, get Donald J with the toupee out of office, and afterwards, let's give you a pat on the back. It's the same thing that happened to the Harlem Hellfighters. When they went over, let's be very clear, when the Harlem Hellfighters, when they went overseas and they started whooping ass, the French gave them an award. They was over there calling them niggas the Black Messiah. They was whooping ass over there. And when they came back home, they had a little parade in Harlem, and that's about all. Niggas was getting lynched and shit in their uniform because the white supremacist said, wait a minute, wait a minute, Negro. You're not a citizen in this so-called free country. We don't care what the Constitution says. And Dr. Claude Anderson said, your vote is based on quid quo pro. And I had to tell somebody the other day, it's earned, not given. It's something for something. He mentioned independent voting blocks. Economics first, then the black vote. 
And if the if the candidates ignore you as they have, you don't vote for them. Plain and simple. Tradition is a horizontal issue. You mentioned that it has nothing to do with tangibles for your vote. Who your mama voted for are relevant. Religion is a horizontal issue. When you start talking about justice and when you start talking about reparations and tangibles, you always get some of these old plantation niggas that start talking about, well, you know, religion and I can't do this because my religion and all this other shit. And you're like, okay, well, if we want to talk about religion and we want to talk about morals, then if you do something to somebody that's wrong, aren't you supposed to repair the, the, the wrongdoing well you know that, that's an old testament that don't matter no nigga no 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 we're not gonna play that game so are you saying to invalidate the old testament you, you are you trying to tell me that the old testament don't mean anything you throw that in the garbage and you just use the new testament well, yeah, man, you ain't got to follow the Old Testament. You got to follow the new one. OK, well, if this book is about lives and about men that have failed and men that have went the wrong path and it's talking about how you're supposed to live a righteous life and righteousness by, by, by faith. Well, OK, by definition. If we're talking logically and we're not talking about no babble. And we're not talking about salamander souffle and space stations in five million light years away where you could post up and eat a cheese sandwich and all that type of bullshit if we're talking logic now okay well if you're saying you're righteous by your faith and you're gonna be okay no matter what because you believe in a higher power then does it even matter on who you vote for because you're gonna be okay right because you're living your life the right way it ain't gonna matter then right because the universe got you the higher power has you right if you're saying don't worry about anything i believe that i'm gonna be all right god's gonna take care of me i'm straight because i believe and i'm doing the right thing then does it matter if you vote or not that's a question you're supposed to be protected you're gonna be straight right so when you start talking about tangibles and niggas start talking about religion and start talking about doing the right thing well if you enslave someone for 450 plus years and then afterwards radical republicans say oh wait a minute these niggas got to have something. They've been working the field. They've been raped. They've been sexually assaulted. Men, women, children, everybody under the dam on, on the plantation for hundreds of years. You got to give them something. Give them 100 acres, $100 and a mule. You can't just let them just go and not have anything. They got lots of skills, but I mean, they've known, they've, they've known nothing but slavery. You have to give them something. That's repair, right? People say, well, repent recompensate you can't just repent and not give somebody something you have to solve the problem you can't just say well i forgive you but i ain't got nothing for you oh no 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 that sounds like lucifer talk that sounds like pimp hole talk well i you know i had you on a stroll i've been trafficking you uh ak i mean pimping you for a long time so guess what uh you've been beaten you've been raped um Bix, get on the corner. Let me slap you up a little bit, but I love you. But let me repent from my sins. 
I done made about $100,000 off your ass. You all tow up. You psychologically destroyed. I'm sorry. I repent. But you have nothing to compensate her for. What can you give her? I'm sorry. So you riding around in your Rolls Royce and you got a nice home in the suburbs. You have everything you your heart desires. And then you basically say, I repent. I'm sorry, baby. I didn't mean to do that to you. I've had you on the track and I've been prostituting you for 10 to 15 plus years. I repent. Vote for me. Does that make sense to you? I repent, but I have nothing to repay or repair. I'm just sorry. That's the Democratic Party. And what it is, is they're scared because niggas is waking up and saying, well, wait a minute. They use that. Well, your ancestors died so you could vote. They didn't plan to die when they went to the went to go vote. They knew that they could. That wasn't their fault that someone was trying to kill them. And whenever you bring that up to most niggas, they go right into religion. They don't say, wait a minute, this was a system of racism, white supremacy. The penalty for voting and the penalty for standing up was possibly death. And when you bring that up, niggas go straight into religion because, again, they don't want to solve the problem. They just want to tell you to go vote. And then you're like, well, what am I voting for? Well, you're voting to get so-and-so out of office. I said, well, all right, cool. But then what do we get out of it? What are we doing for what are we doing for our group? Because everybody else gets something, but we don't get anything. So they start talking about morals. Then my response to morals is repair and compensation. What are these supposed to what are what are we supposed to receive? When Dr. Claude Anderson said that one half of one percent of the wealth black folks had being quasi free after slavery, but we still only have one half of 1% of the wealth 150 years later. Right? So in, 19, in 1790, Congress invited immigrants for free land, the American dream. Free land, free black labor. Each person got 650 acres of free land and a homestead and another 150 acres of free land. And 150 more acres of free land for each slave they own. That's like a thousand acres of free land. Now, Dr. Claude Anderson said something else that was very interesting. He said police reform. Black Lives Matter was coming on police reform, police reform. But he said it's rolled into the Constitution under the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment says you are a police force, plantation police. Sounds familiar? So you monitor black folks and make sure that. You look and make sure niggas ain't damaging no property. You make sure you protect white folks. See, I was the nigga in school who was talking about reparations before I knew reparations. When they start talking about Thomas Jefferson and how great he was and, uh, you know, Robert E. Lee, before I even knew the scope and the danger and the history, I was talking about 100 acres. And every time I started bringing up 100 acres when I was in class or 40 acres, well, actually under the uh, Adams and Onus Treaty, or I think the 1866 Indian Treaty, niggas were supposed to get 160 acres, I believe. But 40, special order number 15, I was talking about 40 acres. 
My homies, you could ask him in Minneapolis. When I was talking about 40 acres, Fever's 420, Fever's 420, you live on the Bagland podcast, put in your input. Was I not talking about 40 acres in a mule in middle school to high school? Didn't even really hardly know what it was, but I was on cold before I even knew there was a goddamn cold. I was talking about 40 acres in a mule. And I didn't know much about it when I was a kid, but I knew I knew that niggas was supposed to get something. And whenever I started talking about it, it was all these old niggas. It was old niggas and it was white supremacist teachers, usually white women. It was Becky 3.0, Karen 5.6, talking about, well, Robert E. Lee. And, you know, that was old. And so I started asking questions. I started asking questions. I said, well, wait a minute. If 40 acres in a mule was based off of the Constitution, because you got to understand the the framers wrote the Constitution around niggas. They didn't come to you could pray in a damn well. They didn't come over here because they wanted to just sit around and, you know, uh, you know, slang slop in a damn pig hop. They didn't come over here for that. They came over here for free land. Them Caucasian immigrants came over from Europe because they said, well, we're being petrified and we're being mistreated. Then they came over here and got free land and started mistreating everybody else. They didn't go liberty and justice, as they say, right? They came over here and got free land, freeloaders. They came over here and got a bunch of free land. And they wrote the Constitution around niggas. See, the natives said, well, we ain't about to work. So they put them on reservations. But. That's another story. Go look up Ivan Ver- Ivan Van Sertima. Black folks been over here before Christopher Columbus. That's another story. But when Trailer Trash Bob showed up on the shores of Roanoke, Virginia, or wherever, and them niggas was cannibals, and the natives was like, hey, look, here goes some corn, here goes Thanksgiving. They sat down, they gave him some liquor and said, all right, all right, red man. Y'all remember, I don't know if y'all ever watched when y'all was kids, Peter Pan. They had that white supremacist song, What Makes the Med Rant, What Makes the Red Man Red on Peter Pan, Walt Disney. We'll get into that. They started talking about, well, we over here, so you go over here, get on this reservation. You're a savage. You're uncivilized. So, Come over here with us. We'll give you some guns. We'll give you some liquor. Let's get rid of these buffalo and let's have these niggas work. Because the natives were like, man, we ain't about to work for you honkies. We ain't going to do it. You better have them niggas do it. And they went over there and got some niggas and they did it. And they built the whole goddamn country around black folk. Foundational black Americans, the descendants of the slaves. They everything every before America was America. Niggas made America. Niggas actually made the flag, invented all types of shit, bridges, railroads. Niggas built this shit from the ground up before niggas was here building it like that. I mean, it was just buffaloes running around and shit. Niggas built this shit. So Jim Crow Joe and crime koala. Their whole thing is, hey, vote for me. 
I can lock all you niggas up. We we love to lock black folks up. And everybody, see, most of the demonic do nothing Democrat platform and their base, they don't want to talk about that at all. They want to talk about the lesser or two evil, who you like. Oh, you know, Donald J with the toupee is mean. I was asking one of my brother the other day. I said, look, bro. I said, ask some, ask another black person this question and you'll see exactly where their head's at. Because according to the code, as Neely Fuller says, we're supposed to ask questions, right? For black folk, add to me. Don't add no questions. That's the Popeye's chicken Negro spiritual people. Old church niggas. Old dark wing duck the question deacon. Don't just telling you don't ask no questions. You start asking niggas questions, they get offended. My 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 father, he always challenged me with questions. And he said to me one day, I start asking black folks questions and they don't never have no answers. I start asking niggas questions and they ain't never got no answers. When you ask the white supremacist questions, what he starts doing is he deflects or he gives you very broad and ambiguous, vague terms. He gives you stealth words. Is Donald Donald Trump a racist? Well, you know, uh, so and so and so and so, and they start deflecting right away, and they they won't they won't flat out say it because they're looking at it like, okay, he's my hero, he's fighting for white people. I can't just say he's racist. Who do we vote for? Both parties are no good for us. We don't vote for anybody. We let them know for the first time in history that niggas ain't no goddamn prostitutes. We ain't no plantation Jezebels no more. We ain't no goddamn waps. As the new song goes. See, that's where we're, where we're niggas heads at. Niggas be arguing about, oh, we're in a WAP song. What about Breonna Taylor? WAP that. What about prosecuting the racist domestic terror ambush race soldiers that lynched Breonna Taylor? WAP. What about prosecuting? See, they got niggas hooked up on Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B. I say go ahead and might as well just make it a whole trafficking goddamn song because they talking about some real hardcore horn and pimping on that motherfucker. Put Too Short and Sugar Free on it and donate your sales to the fight for reparations for the descendants of the slaves and we'll be done with it. Independent voting block. No reparations, no vote. No tangibles, no vote. Donald J. with the toupee just signed an executive order for Hispanics. And let me get back to this. Fever's 420 had a valid question. I asked my brother the other day, I said, look, if black folks is talking about reform the 12, reform PD, Sit down and let's pray and let's hope and pray that the white supremacists won't start knocking our heads off with them 45s and AR-15s. Let's hope and do it. Reform, reform, reform. Let's convince the white supremacists that they're wrong on the force. Okay, let's try that, they say. I said, okay, they want police reform. Defund 12. All right. Bet. Let's try that. So what else? What else do you want? Well, 
the next thing they start talking about is, well, black lives matter. Let's convince all the people in the world that niggas matter. Because most people don't think niggas matter. Let's just be flat out honest. The evidence shows this. So let's convince everybody that niggas, that people give a fuck about black folks. When you start asking people that you meet on the street and they say black lives matter, ask them about reparations and see what they say. I know the North Star, shout out to Senbai Lee, the North Star podcast, and mentioned, ask those motherfuckers about reparations and see how they switch up on your ass. Ask them about that. So I asked my brother a question. I said, if Donald J with the toupee said, you know what? I'm a stone cold anti-black white supremacist. I fight for the Confederate flag. Don't turn down. You better stand when the anthem plays. I'm a New Yorker who came on the, the Republican Party. Really don't give a damn about these people. I got a reality show. I got a bunch of money. And Putin hooked me up with this bed wench. But you know what? I'm going to sign an executive order for foundational black Americans. I don't like you people, but I'm going to do it because I need your vote. I'm going to sign an executive order to immediately, as they say, expeditiously, an expeditious 25 to 35 bands going direct deposit in your goddamn pocket right away. If your mama and your, if your great great grandmama was on that plantation and she worked in that killing field of the South and had to wash clothes for white folks, probably done got raped. Some old Terry Crews ass nigga probably got, bro got butt broken. You suffered Jim Crow quasi slavery, peonage. I got 25 to 35 bands. Starting, we're just we're just talking now. Executive order, just like the LGBT and the Hispanics. I'm going to offer niggas for a protected class. The Supreme Court offered the LGBT and illegal aliens in a protected class. Coward ass Barack, aka Slim. Slim uh Slim Salamander signed the Dreamers Act, ignored the descendants of the slaves, watched niggas get their heads blown off, didn't do shit about Trayvon, Mike Brown, or oh, whatever. Everybody. What if Donald J with the toupee said, I got 25 to 35 bands? I'm going to put niggas in a five year protected class or a four year protected class, which means when I get out of office, if the race soldiers blow you away, that's on you. But if a race soldier touches you on the head on your chinny chin chin, that motherfucker's going to do life with no parole. So you get 25 to 35 bands executive order. You get to be in a protected class as you were supposed to be in the 1863 and in 1866 Indian treaties, the 1866 civil rights act and the Dawes act or the Adams and owners treaty. And we're going to start a plan, not no HR 40 bullshit study. 
by these sambo ass democratic congressional coon caucus ass niggas none of that we're gonna do a plan for reparations which means that there's gonna be different spurts you're gonna get the same executive orders as the asians and the hispanics done but vote for me i'll pledge you that even if i don't give it to you i pledge you that the Democrats haven't even done that. If the if they pledge that to the descendants of the slaves, not no immigrants, not no niggas that gain come, they no anchor babies, not no niggas that came over here five minutes, not no illegal aliens, no ET phone home. If you was on that plantation and you built this shit, you get 25 to 35 bands, you get to be in a protected class for four years against race soldiers, and we're gonna plan a reparations rollout. Vote for me, Negroes. Would black folks vote for Donald J with the toupee? And I told my brother, I said, listen, most niggas would say, man, I don't like him. And hey, he, you know, he grabbing somebody better. And he, you know, and he mean. And, you know, the Central Park Five. And all while Jim Crow Joe, crime koala, has proven track record they talk about good track record proven track record of doing 10 times worse than donald j has done in these last six five, these last four years when you bring that up to most niggas they start getting upset they're willing to override tangibles then saying hmm He's saying, yeah, I'm a white supremacist. I don't give a fuck about you niggas. I need your vote, Negro. Here's these 25 to 30 bandicas and to be in a protected class. And we'll talk about reparations for real, for real. Bring Dr. Claude Anderson over in this bitch. Because Jim Crow Biden and the liberal left arm of racism, white supremacy, Pelosi, and all these bullshit ass Democrats ain't talking about none of that. But I'll sit down and talk. Would you vote for him? I'm asking questions. And I told him most niggas would say, man, I don't like him. They said, see, those are the niggas that when they try to holler at a woman back in the day and the woman wouldn't give them no play and they start calling her out her name. Man, I ain't like your funky ass anyway. They start with all that. Them type of niggas. The Popeye chicken Negro spiritual people. Th those are the niggas that when they told black folks in Baltimore that they're thugs and when they, you, do y'all remember that article that came out where that sister went out there and got to acting a fool and grab her son when he was in the insurrection because those race soldiers were attacking black folks and they killed Freddie Gray and they had this loud mouth ass hood rat out there talking about, well, hey, you know, my son ain't supposed to be out there. And they propped up this old, this old rat, this hair had a rat face broad. They propped her up. And put her on a damn show to say, yeah, my son, you know, I was concerned so much about my son. And she didn't have anything to say about the race soldiers to kill Freddie Gray. They're going to Jim Crow, Jim Crow Joe and Crime Koala is going to appeal to those type of niggas.
those are the type of people that's going to be voting for them. They've already made their decision. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to use scare tactics for the young black folks. It's like, well, wait a minute. We want something. See, the young, the generation that's 40, you know, 30, 36, 37, 38, especially those that are listening to the black media, not the the dead, not the rigor mortis roly dead black media and the mainstream megalomaniacal masochistic mainstream uh the man the the uh the meritorious man you muppet media they're not i'm not talking about them i'm talking about the niggas on the street boots on the ground fevers 420 am i am i lying or telling the truth that generation and younger that's like no nah, fuck that fuck 12 defund 12 they're saying cut the check reparations all of that all of that we don't give a fuck about your feelings we don't give a damn if you got your ass whooped on a goddamn bridge nigga you don't thank no police for whooping your ass george floyd was lynched on 38th in chicago you don't thank the police for whooping your ass rest in dirt john lewis i said it coward ass old plantation niggas we don't we don't subscribe to that we subscribe to john henry clark we subscribe to the panthers we subscribe to dr claude anderson we subscribe to malcolm we subscribe to martin we subscribe to Fannie lou hamer we subscribe to the deacons of defense denmark Vesey. we don't subscribe to old plantation sambo coward ass niggas they just want interracial sex we don't do that A religion is only a belief that's backed by an action. Thank you, Mr. Fuller. I seen an article, actually a Netflix documentary about that dude. I sat there and watched it. I thought about it constructively. What was his name? They say he had a cult. He was in Texas. I think it happened in Plano or whatever. I can't remember the name. What was his name? Somebody help me out. Got the dude's name. Waco. The Waco siege. David Koresh, right? He had a flock of people that believed in what he said. Now, he manipulated them. Y'all should watch that on Netflix. David Koresh, the Waco, uh, 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 film he believed in something that statement i made is true or false i'm not talking about what he did i'm not talking about what he did was right or wrong i'm saying he believed in something he believed in a religion right okay and he used that to his advantage and people believed in him that's a religion if i have a damn frog and I say, this frog gives me life. We know damn well the frog don't give me life. But if I could make your ass believe in it, that's a religion. So when you start asking black folks about solving the problem, the first thing they put as a shield is religion. And I say it again. If you believe in your religion so much, why the fuck does the vote even matter? Why? Why does the vote even matter? That's that's a good question. 
Now, look at this here. Let's go into some articles. I ain't heard Jim Crow Joe say anything about this. Former officer who fatally shot Rayshard Brooks was on bond and he violated his bond by going on Florida vacation. Have you guys ever noticed something that a lot of these race soldiers that take niggas out, it's almost, re it feels like it's ritualistic. These race soldiers that take niggas out always end up in Florida. Med, you need her into the live studio. Welcome to the ba Bagland podcast. Ain't seen you in a while. Oh, we going in. Have you guys ever noticed that a lot of these race soldiers that ambush and kill niggas? Have you guys ever noticed that they always end up in Florida? Let's look at this article right here. CBS News reports this. Prosecutors have asked a judge to revoke a bond for the former Atlanta race soldier. I'm going to change the words a little bit. The former Atlanta race soldier who fatally shot Rayshard Brooks saying he had traveled to Florida for a vacation without permission. So now what they're looking at it is here. You have a serial race soldier that marks a nigga out and says, I'm going on vacation. Who do you know that could go blow somebody down and go on vacation? How? Let's take a step back to Zimmerman. Well, I'm sorry for killing Trayvon, but let me sell my gun and go take these autographs. Does that sound like a guilty man or does that does that sound like a man that feels bad about what he did? Garrett Rowe faces 11 charges, including felony, felony murder in the June 12th killing during an arrest outside in Atlanta Wendy's. Rolfe was granted bond June 30, despite a tearful plea from Brooks' widow. The bond order expressly states that the defendant, the defendant is only allowed to leave home for medical, legal, or work-related obligations, the motion says. The bond conditions also imposed a curfew of 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Speaking Wednesday, lawyers from Brooks family said Rolf's out-of-state beach vacation was a full violation of his bonds conditions to show disrespect. So for all these niggas running around talking about police reform, nigga, that's your police reform. The hell is you talking about police reform? How are you going to reform somebody like that? I always ask black folks about this type of shit and they don't never got no answers. Well, we got to reform the police. What does that mean, nigga? Somebody like this reform. How do you determine whether he's a race soldier or not? I, I want to read this back to you guys. So you really fully understand how, 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 how demonic this is. You went on a full beach vacation. After they told you you weren't supposed to go, you pulled a I'm white and I say so and said, I'm going to go on a beach vacation in Florida. Fuck this nigga. I'm good. Do you know how good you got to feel about murdering somebody and then leaving? And by the way, I was telling I was I heard that niggas in Atlanta voted for this black prosecutor who was backed by a police union. So that means that she's going to be under pretty much she's going to be a bedwinch for the police. Paul Howard 
the brother that charged the race soldiers, the police in Atlanta, they were upset about it. They really didn't, you know, they were, you know, they start putting all these little funny ethic charges on them and stuff like that. And then I seen niggas online happy about this black DA. Well, black women, black women are taking over. Black women are taking over. What the hell is you talking about? Black women ain't taking over, taking over what? We're a team. We ain't going to do this gender divide bullshit. We're a team. See, the, the, the Jim Crow Biden and crime koala is using this whole black woman gender divide bullshit. Well, black women going to save the Democratic Party. Black women that are on cold know they full of shit. Black ass black women in California. Ask, ask Matrice Richardson's, ask Matrice Richardson's family about what she, about crime koala did. Ask her, ask her family about it. Ask, ask the, ask the sisters out in California that had to go fight them fires that was on the prison and plant the prison, uh, the, the plantation, uh, industrial complex. Ask them about that. Paper Oregon, you are live on the Bagland podcast. What's happening? I ain't been, I ain't been live in a while. Ask them about that. Ask all the brothers. I was on the, I was on the phone with my homies from California. He said, man, Kamala done did niggas a number out there. And niggas celebrating over that shit. Truancy. Kids had uh uh what what's that when the kids have uh um you know locking niggas up for truancy? Ain't lock up not a nair race soldier, ain't prosecute no race soldiers. Truancy. Well, what's that uh uh the stuff where they get from the vaccine? Somebody help me out. You take the vaccines, you know, your kids get the vaccine, autism. Uh, then she prosecutes somebody, some ch- some uh, woman that was homeless for her child's not missing. She's homeless, trying to find somewhere to go, and she's trying to keep a job and whatever the case may, may be. And I think she, her child might have been autistic or something. I don't know. It was something like that. Prosecuting them. Call in. Med, you need it. We going we gonna to connect. Yeah, man. Can you hear me, man? What's going on? What's up, man? So, um, truancy. So it's like when you know the kids, they don't go to school. When they don't go to school, she locks up the moms because the kids don't go to school. So that's what she was doing in California. That's one of the things that she was doing in California when she was a DA. So that's what I know her for. And I always wonder, like, when I see like Biden and I see like Kamala Harris, like when I see them in the news, I like I want to see that in the paper when I see their name. I want to see that you did that. I want to see that you wrote the crime bill. You know what I'm saying? But they don't do that. Well, yeah, man, that's all I wanted to say. Just want to clear that up. No, it's all good because I'm looking at this other article right here, right? And I always, I always bring this up with folks. And every time I bring this up, you got a lot of these apologist niggas. Like, okay, there's another article in California, and I've been following this for a minute, where it says Attorney General's probe finds no evidence of wrongdoing from deputies in death of Matrice Richardson, and his sister was found out way in the outskirts. Kind of like you heard about those brothers and those brothers that was being found out there hung. You remember that? Hello? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I remember. You still I there? Remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it, it was like three or four brothers they just found out in California just a, just a couple months ago. And they always had this little weird suicide note and all this garbage. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Who's going to go all the way downtown to City Hall? Hang themselves so their mama can see them. 
You see what I'm saying? You're going to be like, well, if I'm going to kill myself, I, you know, I'm not going to let my mama see me like this. You, you at least going to have some type of love for your mama. You're going to be like, well, mom, here's my suicide note, whatever, something like that. But you ain't going to hang yourself so your mama could see you in city hall. You had mm -hmm. some help. So mm -hmm. it says here on this other article where she was missing in 2009 after being released from the sheriff's Malibu Lost Hill station in the middle of the night, even though she was without a phone wallet or a car. Then a year later, they found her decomposed body in a Malibu Canyon ravine several miles from the sheriff's station. That sounds like that Alfred Wright thing. I don't know if you heard about my other episodes, but I always I always talk whenever I see a black person is missing and, and something happened to him and their eyes gouged out or somebody does something to him. It's always close to where they were found at. And it's in these little, you know, you ask the law enforcement what's going on. They get on cold. They start acting funny. You know, they always got some type of excuse. And it said that they had arrested her for failure to pay an eighty-nine dollar tab mm -mm. at a restaurant in Malibu, and they released her at twelve forty a.m. Even though she showed signs of potential mental illness. Now, so you're at a restaurant, you didn't pay the tab, and then Crime Koala used that to gain momentum for her to, you know, uh, use her. She was using that politically. You see what I'm saying? So the family basically said that she's a phony. Michael Richardson said, we don't need people like that leading us. Now, see, they don't really bring that out. Now, if I was Donald J with the toupee, I'd bring that up next time. Soon as we have the debates, I'd light their ass up. Like, you know what? I told, like, I told one of my homies the other day, I said, listen, I really don't give a damn who gets in. But Jim Crow, Joe, and Kamala? No. And I thought I'd never say that. How about hell? No. I said, you know what? And I asked, this is what I asked my brother the other day. I don't know if you missed this earlier. I said, niggas always want to talk about who they don't like. They don't like Donald because he's mean and all this other shit. So I said, okay, Crime Kamala, Jim Crow Joe, let's write a long ass list about what they did. And let's write a, write a long ass list about what Donald J with the toupee did. Donald J might have grabbed somebody by the pussy a couple times, okay, in Central Park 5 and didn't rent to some niggas back in the day and he didn't pay some people and he was talking shit on Twitter and talking shit about whatever, immigrants and bands and okay, who gives a fuck? Okay, now, now that's about 10, 15 things I, I mentioned. Now let's go to crime, Kamala and Jim Crow Joe. 94 crime bill. That's millions of niggas. Mm -hmm. Millions of niggas. Do you know how many black babies? That's why when you look at the Black Lives Matter organization, when you look at the mission statement, they start talking about attacking the nuclear family. And I'm like, wait a minute. Mike Brown and Trayvon came from nuclear families. These were straight black men. So why are you dogging? Why are you dogging straight folk? Like, what's that got to do with black men being lynched and ambushed by race soldiers? So I said, wait a minute. And I started looking deeper into what happened with Darren Seals. And I said, man, this is a trick bag. What the fuck does who you want to fuck got to do with niggas getting killed? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with it. So they're using that whole little crowd. And it's very, very. I'm looking at another article with Jim Crow Biden talking about he supports additional funding for police. I'm like, nigga, you yeah, sound yeah, like yeah. a conservative. He said that. He said that you know they call that the southern what the southern strategy is that what they call that kind of stuff when they yeah they do. people to get those votes yeah I'm like okay well, I said okay what what really is the I asked my, I asked one of my my folks I said look 
if Donald was able to toupee, and he said, well, you're, you're capable for Trump. No, I ain't, ain't capable for Trump. I said, if this is politics. Dr. Claude Anderson taught us well. Quid quo pro. Something You, you vote and you get something. You don't get vote because... You know, your mama voted. You don't do that bullshit. That's that old plantation John Lewis shit. You vote for something, right? Okay. So what if Donald J with the toupee? And I said, this, this is how you know where niggas' heads is at. If Jim Crow Biden is and, and Kamala, I ain't going to do nothing for black people. No. Okay. We ain't going to do shit for you niggas. They didn't already said that. What if Donald J with the toupee says, was your mama on that plantation? On Twitter, fuck people's head up. They be like, oh, he's racist. He's so fucking racist for saying that. What if he says, was your mama on that plantation? And you say, well, yes, my great-great-grandmother was on a plantation. Okay. I'm going to give you, and I'm going to, before I get, before we even get closer to November, if your mama was on that plantation, if your great-great-grandmother was on that plantation, I got 25 to 35 bands right there. Immigrants, illegal aliens, LGBT, you don't get nothing. They weren't on the plantation. They weren't nowhere near the plantation. If you came here willingly, nigga, you don't get anything. You're a freeloader. You came here free. You didn't put no skin in the game. Okay, that's number one. Number two, no race soldiers. Ain't no more Rayshard Brooks. Ain't no more George Floyds. For my next four years, race soldier touches you, he gets life with no parole. Protection, 1863, 18, I'm honoring the 1863 Indian Treaty. I'm honoring the 1866 uh, Civil Rights Act. Um, I can't give y'all niggas 40 acres of the mule. I don't want you to fuck with my damn Silicon Valley money. I can't give you that. But we going we gonna to put you in a protected class, just like the LGBT and the illegal aliens. Supreme Court, we going to revise that. And we're going to give you a plan. Not no study, not no HR 40 bullshit. We're going to give you a plan for reparations. We're going to sit down with Dr. Claude Anderson. We're going to sit down with uh uh uh, uh with the black media. We're going to sit down. Will you vote for me? And I told my brother, I said, most niggas going to say, well, no, I don't like him. I said, that's th there you go. I, that's where your head's at. You see exactly where them niggas heads at. They ain't really, they don't really want no, no, no tangibles. They probably want a Becky or they just want to feel good. Or I don't know what the hell them niggas want, but I guarantee you, they don't want no tangibles. So when you start bringing up reparations, they don't really want to talk about it because they, they really, they don't really want no, no true change. They just want something for everyone else. They don't want nothing for black folk. And I said, that's how you measure those niggas. Man, I want to ask. I want to ask you something. Go ahead. Uh, what do you think about black people as a collective uh, working towards getting reparations from the European collective, and not just FBA and you know? Well, do the breakup I, like that. My thing is, is you when you look at America, America is like the centralized location for everything moving and shaking. So. When we landed on when we landed on this uh, in America by way of the so-called transatlantic slave trade, you know, I mean, this this was ingrained in the Constitution against foundational black Americans. So we, we supposed to get ours first, no matter what. But soon as we get ours, we that, that now let see. If you're a black person, even if you're a Sambo or a coon, 
you're sp still supposed to be in a protected class. If you're a black person here in America, even if you even if you was an immigrant coon and you came over here, if a race soldier does something to you, we supposed to be like, you know how they did, the, you know, Amadou Diallo. Like, if a race soldier, if a, if a race soldier does something to you, that motherfucker's supposed to get life with no parole. We all supposed to be in a protected class. Now, as far as reparations, if your if your mama was on on that plantation, then you know you ain't really supposed to get nothing. But we gonna make sure you straighten no matter what. After we get our shit, best believe we going to the United Nations, putting a foot in the ass in Portugal, Spain, all those sort of Caribbean. I mean, the African diaspora don't have to get it together no matter what. But you know, foundational Black Americans this is ingrained in the constitution so they they supposed to give us it's we supposed to get what was promised the treaty is the highest law of the land so we supposed to get what's promised but that don't mean yeah. <laughs> you know that don't mean that, yeah. that that the african diaspora like the the rest of the you know like the caribbeans and all that because like you get somebody like a well you know you may get a cardi b talking about well you know i'm black okay well <laughs> You come from the Caribbean or Dominican, you Dominican niggas, half your niggas don't like us. But mm. you okay, so you stopped at you stopped an island first. That comes from Spain. So you talking about well, I I'm Hispanic. Okay, well, nigga, that comes from Spain. So we supposed to put a foot in Spain's ass. Because if you look mm, at right. the Adams Onus Treaty, the Adams Onus Treaty was basically about when Spain went broke and said, All right, I ain't got no bread. So we gonna carve off Florida for you, cause you know Spain was Florida. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying. So once they mm -hmm. sold that to the, the U.S., then you know Thomas Jefferson, the white supremacist, said, "Well, wait a minute." You know Spain basically said, "Hey, look, when we sell you Spain, you got maroons down here. You got foundational Black Americans. You got Native Blacks. You got Black Indians down here. They've been living in these swamps and they've been living and they and you know like you know, you seen Rosewood." Black folks, every black person to listen to this, anybody need to see Rosewood. Black folks was living down in Florida and they had businesses and they had everything. So when Spain sold floor, Spain, when Spain sold Florida to the U.S., they said, well, you got to give black folks 160 acres of free land. You can't just take it from them. And that's the Adams. Look up the Adams Onus Treaty. So that's what Thomas Jefferson. Real quick? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And what I want to say is, and I, from the way you talk, I know, I know you're familiar with Dr. Dr. Mr. Neely Fuller. I know you're familiar with Dr. Francis Chris Wilson. Oh, yeah. And I know you're, you're familiar with the system of white supremacy. And I know you're familiar with how they don't keep treaty. They don't keep their word. No, so not me, at it's all. Kinda, it's kind of foolish to expect an unjust system to produce justice. You mm. know what I mean? And that's, that's well, what I that, to say that, that, that and that that's that, that logically makes sense. So, with the, with that with that statement you just made now, if if other people are going to re receive justice, and they expect you and me to damn near catch Corona, or sh let me let me switch that over. The Chinese coronavirus. Let me make it politically correct. If they expect us to damn near catch the corona from going out to break our neck to vote for somebody that ain't gonna give us nothing, hey, what are you gonna do with the, the with the DACA for Haiti? 
you want to bring folks over here from Mexico, but what about Haiti? Saxophone Bill and Crooked Hillary. Y'all done collected a bunch of money in Haiti. What are you going to do to liberate Haiti? Haiti over there, some of them folks living fucked up. So what are you going to do about them? Well, we can't do anything about it. Well, then we can't vote for you. Because if you ain't trying to give, if you ain't trying to give reparations to the descendants, what, what, what is the point of us voting for you? If you're not gonna, if you're not gonna do any, and see the, and th that going back to your point, that makes a lot of sense. It doesn't make sense that they would want to do anything for us. So does it make sense for us to go out and vote? Why, why not we just build Tulsa again and get on code with each other? If that's the case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We could build Tulsa and Rosewood and, um, you know, I'm not sure how you do it, but. And I do want to say, though, I am not a FBA. I'm not a foundational black American. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I'm from the Caribbean. I'm from Jamaica. But, you know, I get it, yo. I get it. I think, you know, black Americans should get what is due. But I also, I also think that every black person who was a victim of racism, who even was, who is a victim of racism white supremacy should get what they do. And I was thinking maybe, you know, like a collective effort from all these European nations, Britain, Brit the British, the, the, you know, America, Spain, you know, even some, um, what do you call that now? The Dutch, you know what I'm saying? Like That's all true. these countries, you know what I mean? All these countries that make money and still make money when we're talking about the World Bank, the IMF, you know, the, oh, all the stuff that they're still doing that, you know, I mean, that sucks the resources from the countries. Like, you know, they need to pay. And it's Leopold, not gonna be, yeah, the Congo. Not, exactly, exactly. The Congo. It's not going to be, you know, one-time payment. You know, when you're talking about, you know, years, decades of redlining, it can't be no one-time payment. You know what I mean? Decades of miseducation. Decades of, you know what I mean, um, poor health care. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it cannot be a one-time payment. It has to be something continuous because what you did was continuous. You know what I'm saying? It has to be yeah, damn near forever. They really, they really couldn't. I mean, no amount of money can really pay for what they did to our ancestors. Like you said, you from the Caribbean. I should know right now. I should ask you your last name, and I should be able to say, yeah, that was my kinfolk right there. They came from the boat. They came. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know that. I don't. E I don't even know. Like I asked my grandmother, where do we come from? Well, you know, we came from. The South. Okay, but where in the South? Oh, well, we came from Mississippi. All right. Okay, where in Mississippi? We came from here. Okay, so we came off that plantation. All right, well, who owned us? Well, I don't know. Okay, well, you got a name. We look up the name. What about before that? No one knows. See, that's a whole... So now what that does is I don't know where my people are at. So now I go over here to Africa and I start asking questions and they looking at me like, nigga, you ain't one of us. Mm -hmm. We don't have no connection because you've erased everything that we have. Just that piece alone. That like just that I can't even trace where my people are at. That's like unpayable. You can't even pay me for that. Mm -hmm. So the only thing that really they could do is outside of just the monetary standpoint, the psychological standpoint, we're removed from hundreds of years of psychological degradation. You've implanted coons and symbols created from the plantation, created from cognitive dissonance. And uh, what, what's that other word? 
um, it, it's kind of like where, let's say you're you're wearing an oppressor so long that you start to love them. What's that word? Uh, I know what you're talking about. Man. It's called Some syndrome. Uh, Some syndrome, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. St- Stockholm. So, yeah, so we're Stockholm. suffering. Yeah. We're suffering so much Stockholm to where when I go back to that to Africa, because really wherever we go is Africa. In any will pop you in New Guinea. Um, maybe some places in New Guinea, or I mean, I mean uh, Indonesia, in, anywhere we go is Africa. But I'm supposed to go to any, I'm supposed to go any, anytime I see a black person, we're supposed to be in a codified way where if you need constructive help, I'm supposed to be able to offer you constructive help. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody else, they have, they have that value system where they have a code and enough of us is getting codified, but you know, when you start getting out here and they start talking about, well, go to the polls and vote for us. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, yeah. I start asking questions like, all right, well, what you going to do for the descendants of the slaves that built this so you could stand on that goddamn podium? Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. we can't do anything for you. OK, well, all right, well, what you going to do for Haiti? Oh, we ain't going <laughs> to do shit for Haiti. What you mean? Oh, well, we could do something for Cuba and Dominican and, and Dominican. What you mean you could do something for Cuba and the Dominican Republic? But you can't do nothing for Haiti. You see what I'm saying? So, I mean, overall, like, even that's why I always bring Leopold up to people. They say, well, we're getting ready to vote. So I tell people, choose Hitler or Leopold. And I did my research. Hitler was fucked up. He he was. But man, Leopold did a number on the Congo, man. That what he did to the Congo, man, that shit was that 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 was that that was 10 times worse than uh because he did that over and there was some there was some other it was another island um that i think i talked about on some of my old shows it was called uh it was the first it was the first concentration camp in the world i forgot what it was called but it was in africa it was like a little island or something like that so the white supremacists have done a number so they'll they'll be paying us for forever but yeah mm-hmm. I, I said i if i may not see it in my time my children get reparations. I'm telling them your job is if you get a dime, you go straight. Yeah, you go straight to the UN and you put a foot, you put a foot up their ass for the brothers elsewhere. Congo, Caribbean, yeah. And if niggas is coons and on cold, you leave them behind. See, we what we didn't do, we didn't when we was on the plantation, we we didn't get rid of the coons. We, we, you know, we didn't get rid of the Terry Crews and the, the Roland Martins and, 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 you know, we didn't get rid of them niggas. We just kind of said, well, you know, I was a slave too. And that's, that's part of that Stockholm. You're like, okay. Cause we're, we're, we're humane people. We're not barbaric. That's why I love games of Thrones. If you look at how the Targaryens were, they were barbaric. You see what I'm saying? Like, if you really look at the Vikings and all of that, we weren't barbaric people. We weren't cannibals and all that stuff. Those are lies. You see what I'm saying? So, but you back to your point. That makes that makes an excellent point. Worldwide reparations. Worldwide reparations. Because if you look at Australia, the Aborigine people, they ain't got no reparations. Those are black folk. Even if they don't admit yep. it, they black folk. Yeah. It'll happen sooner or later. And if it don't happen, we sit at home. Keep Donald. That's how I feel. You, you, people, I, I'm not mad about it. I've been dealing with white supremacy 37 years of my life. I don't mind doing another four years if you're going to force me to vote for another neo-white supremacist that's mm-hmm. telling me 
hey, I locked up all you black men, nigga, kiss my ass. Hey, if that's the case, we could deal with him again. What I mean, like, it's not just that. It's just like him. He just like, the other day he called up, he said, Charmaine Lagarde, he was like, Yo, you ain't, you said you ain't black, right? He said that, and then the other day he was talking about how the Spanish people are so different from black people. Like, he be saying, like, some shit, and I be like, yo, he be for real? <laughs> like, that that was him. To... That was his 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 uh, amnesia just coming together. He, he, <laughs> he went back to that old, well, you know, I don't want my kids going to no jungle. He went back you to know? that old, yeah, he went back to the old Joe Biden, the old Delaware Biden, the old yeah, Jim Crow yeah. Biden. So he, you know, he's been hanging out with Strom Thurmond. See, one thing with black people, especially niggas in Minnesota, and I, I'm, I'm going to get on Minnesota a little bit because I'm from here and niggas going to get mad when I say this shit. But niggas, a lot of niggas in Minnesota is so off cold because they figure, well, I could get a Becky. I'm going to be more accepted and my kids are mixed. So I think they'll blend in a little better. So there ain't no racism. And then now we have a murder and an ambush lynching on 38th of Chicago. And niggas got to think like, man, this puts me in a weird position. See, those niggas are in weird positions because you sitting there with your Becky and now you got to have a real conversation. You have to have a conversation with your Becky about what it feels like dealing with the system of racism, white supremacy. She has to do two things. Admit that there is a system and come up with something to do something about it, or she has to say, nigga, you better be glad you're with this white blonde Beckiness. You better be quiet before I call 911 and get you executed too. So you're in a weird position. So even the cool niggas, the Charles Barkley niggas and the Cuba Gooden Juniors, they in a weird position. They in a real weird position because they trying to figure out, well, like, damn, it's getting sticky because these these so-called liberals is looking at me like you fresh meat. Nigga, we'll pull a Kobe Bryant on you and say you did something and you didn't. But then I'm kind of coonish, so I can't go over and get on cold with black folks because I've been highly removed. That's why whenever I see OJ, I always laugh because. I know they hate it. I said, this nigga got money and he out here playing golf and he's still kicking it with white women. And I said, you know what? Fuck it, OJ. Do it. I said, I'm going to... There's Something came out. Some One of my people got bad. I, told, I said, nigga, I'm about to get the new Bronco and wear a goddamn orange Julius t-shirt just to get the Confederate white because we got a lot of these white supremacists out here in Minnesota. They be I've been seeing a lot of them with their Confederate flags. Goddamn it, I want me a Bronco with the OJ. I want the orange Julius Tropicana orange J candy paint with the OJ t-shirt. Not guilty, <laughs> goddamn it. Not guilty. Yeah. I, you know, I, I said OJ kind of played the cool role earlier in the in in the 1990s, but I'm like, shit, this nigga then came back. This nigga out here playing golf, he he might got his trophy back. I don't know, man. Like that shit's crazy. That that is nuts. <laughs> they hate but OJ so bad, man. Like they hate OJ so no bad. No matter what, they bring him up. No matter even if you're not even talking about him, you're like, yeah, he got away. <laughs> That nigga got away. See, that's that's one, that's a, that's another reason why they killing black folks out here. They like, man, we gonna pay y'all back for this OJ because when was the last time a nigga got to kill a white person to just get off? Right. Like, I don't think he did it though. I think I think he had somebody else do it. 
But hey, man, Johnny Cochran, the glove don't the glove didn't fit. He must have quit, yo. He must have quit. I always bring that up. You see, a lot of times white people try to say, well, yeah, you know, what do you think about OJ? And what do you think about Tyler Perry and Master P? And you know, they start asking these little these little yeah. co-worded questions. And I say, What do you think about Jared Taylor? What do you think about Richard Spencer? What do you mm-hmm. think about Thomas Jefferson? <laughs> what do you think about Robert E. Lee? When you t- when you asked him about Robert E. Lee, that's sacred cow. Oh mm-hmm. man. When you start talking about Robert E. Lee and a Confederate soldiers, because I was at the gas station the other day and I was pumping gas and I seen these white dudes and they had their little motorcycles and shit. And I just noticed the insignia and I see a Confederate flag and one of these niggas look like the Boogaloo boys. And I said, oh, shit. I'm sitting there looking and I'm like, you lost. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, nigga, you lost. You lost the, the Confederacy lost. Y'all had to reconstruct. Like, why the fuck you wearing this shit? And they're not wearing it because they're they're from the south. These rednecks is wearing this shit like nigga. I'm a white supremacist. Mm. I'm letting you know I'm a, what I stand for. So when you asked them, I asked one of them one day. I said, "Why you wear that, man?" Well, I don't want to wear a suit and tie, and I don't want to conform and all this other shit. And I'm like, mm. "That's not the reason why you wear that shit." That's not the you know. I I, I sat with one. I sat one one with 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 one, and I talked to him for about a good hour. And I asked him, I said, why do you wear that flag? Because there were some niggas that was on the block like, man, what? You know, that motherfucker got a, got a, got a Confederate flag. And they were, you know, they was talking shit, right? He, he, he racist. I said, what you going to do? I ain't going to do nothing. I'm just going to sit here and talk. I said, all right, nigga. I'm about to go ask some questions. I said, I'm about to go investigate this motherfucker. So I started asking him questions. I said, why are you wearing that goddamn Confederate flag on your insignia? And he told me. You know, and I said, okay, he's he's the right wing of white supremacy. But it, but I said, you know, you, as Fuller says, you ask questions. I started asking him questions. Niggas was sitting there talking about he's racist and all that, but they weren't really trying to do anything to him. So I said, well, shit, if you ain't trying to do anything to him and you keep talking about this get a federal flag, I, I asked him, I want to know why. Why are you wearing it? And he was, I said, you from the South? No, I ain't from the South. I said, okay. All right. So you're just repping white, you're just repping white supremacy, banging since the 1800s. Yeah, okay. Mm. You set tripping. That's really what you're doing. So, I don't know. Let me ask you a question. What do you think is the difference between the Confederate flag and the American flag? Well, you know, I I, I had I had some views about that heavily. Um, there's been a lot of changes with that flag, you know, and. I then I then found out about Grace. I think her name was Grace Wisher. They called her a so-called indentured servant of the age of 13 years of age. And it was a young black girl to help create that flag. So I said, they always try to use that indentured servitude thing. They said, well, she needed to learn some skills. So she was an indentured uh, servant, but they don't tell much information about her. And I said, that's on purpose. Because if you look at the white supremacists, they honor them. They got all types of information about them, even lies. But you ain't got no information on Grace Wisher. You ain't got no picture. You're telling me that this sister helped put the flag together, but you ain't got no information about her? So I said, according to the code, the white supremacists are very, very devious, right? Mm -hmm. So I started to believe that they purposely did that. So the next thing I thought about was Thomas Alva Edison. And I started thinking about Louis Latimer. 
And I start thinking about all the inventions that black po black folks made. And then I start thinking about all the inventions that the slaves made, but they never received patents or credit nor money. Mm -hmm. So then I came to the conclusion that we made the fucking flag. It's ours. So, you know, the flag was never meant for us, mm -hmm. you know, so I, but, but at the same time I said, well, I think race made it mm -hmm. just like this white women feminist bullshit movement using Sojourner Truth. Ida B. Wells wasn't going, you know what I'm saying? And using black women to rally behind it. Then when it's time to liberate black women, they like, eh. you know, it's like this me too bullshit. So I said, right. okay, as far as I'm concerned, until shown otherwise, we made that damn flag. It's ours. Now, yeah, it, it don't represent, that. it don't represent, like, when I see, when I see a pickup truck going down White Bear Avenue, because we got this long, I don't know if you've been to Minnesota, but out here in St. Paul, we got this long, long street called White Bear Avenue. It goes all the way from uh, 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 a redneck um, town, I'll call it, to a place called Maplewood pulls right through there and goes all the way to the east side where a lot of the black folks stay. So it, it, it's like a 15 mile street goes all the way, maybe, maybe 10, maybe eight and a half to 10 miles. And you see these pickup trucks with the don't tread on me. And you see these pickup trucks with the Confederate flags or you see the American flag. And anytime you see a flag on the left and the right side, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You probably it's probably some trumper. Oh, I'm so patriotic and this, that, and the third. And then you're like, well, if you're so damn patriotic, then you would agree with special order number 15. Hmm. If, if, if I'm saying if you're a true patriot and you really truly believe in the constitution, then you believe in everything that constitution says that you're supposed to get a blacks, hmm. but it don't work for you because you're privileged. If you're supposed to receive something that you didn't earn, if you're a true white supremacist, deceit is going to be your protocol. Mm -hmm. So, like you said, I can't really expect you to be honest with me. Mm -hmm. So that flag, that Confederate flag and American flag, by definition, is relatively the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you want, saying, you want me to stand it. for it, yeah, <laughs> if you want, it's because what they could do, this is what they could say. They could say, well, look, if it means that much, if we talk about Grace, Grace, uh, well, Grace Fisher, mm -hmm. then shit, you need to hand it back to us. Mm -hmm. I'm saying if you if you really believe in that damn flag, but a, but a lot of them, a lot of them, you know, they be wearing the, the, the Confederate flag and stuff like that. Like I say, you catch them by themselves. I'm saying if they ain't one of the little Trump rallies or whatever. Mm -hmm. You catch one of the white supremacists by themselves with that flag and you tell him to get a head up. He ain't going to take a fade with you. Mm. You know, he, he need his little boogaloo boys and his little pickup truck. And he might try to catch you down in Jasper, Texas by yourself and drag mm -hmm. you. Or No, no, no. They ain't they ain't they ain't trying to go to go to head up with you. They really ain't trying to go get head up with you. So that that's my view on the flag. I mean, I, I, I know it don't really represent me, but I know I know who made it or I mm. think I know who made it. Yeah. But it don't it don't mean nothing. It, it doesn't it, it's not made for us. Yeah, it, it reminds me of like um the situation um, with America, like the slaves built America, you know, the White House and all this, right? The economy and all that. And it's like I feel like um black Americans don't want to let go of what they built. And I find it like it's similar to what you're telling me right now about the flag. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I have the first black man that was killed was Crispus Attucks, Revolutionary War. You know, and we're the most patriotic people on the United States, if not the planet. And we're patriotic to the point where, like you said, we got this Stockholm. We're so patriotic that we we're so patriotic that we we want to keep voting for a party that does mm-hmm. nothing for us. Now that's a real patriot for you. Yep. That that's a real patriot. So there's nobody more patriotic than us. There's nobody. No one is more patriotic than a person that can be a slave. If you will work for free and be beaten and be raped and not get paid, that's a man. I don't know anything more patriotic than that. If you wasn't no slave, you ain't no patriot. (laughs) That's a weird definition. But if you wasn't no slave, you wasn't no patriot. Because, I mean, you talking about fighting and dying for your country like and not getting nothing. And that's how I'm looking at this old election. It's like they keep telling us it's going to be the worst. They said this with Obama. It's like, man, look, we don't we we really don't need. I mean, really, what what more worse could it be for us? Really? We're in the we're we're still in the worst condition since the 1900s. We own less black businesses. We don't have any wealth. What is it really going to do for us? And when I ask niggas that question, the first thing they start talking about is Trump. And I'm like, there's more than just Trump. You got Kavanaugh, you got Coons, you got Kakashi 69 walking around. That's another thing. We got, we got, we got Zimmerman still walking around, but niggas is killing each other left and right. You got rats in the neighborhood. You got niggas, um, like I said, you got Takashi's hip hop is co-opted. You got niggas, you got niggas riding around. You know, I mean, man, like we got some we got some house cleaning to do, man. But that's all from white supremacy. Yeah, but 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 OK, but we know that we know that that comes from that. So now we got our in-house cleaning. What are we going to do about that? And when you start asking niggas those questions, man, well, you know, the white supremacists, I said, OK, it roots from that. Now, what are what are you what are we going to do? We going to let this nigga Takashi come to New York and hand out money. We gonna let this nigga come video. in. I was like, "What's going on here?" Yeah, well, you gonna you gonna let niggas and see their kids, so they're gonna take the money. But the code requires a, against that. Where did they get that? Because again, if the code was instilled, even they would have been like, "Oh, nigga, you a rat? Oh, you got money? You got bitches? Oh, I don't." Mm-mm. No, I'm just gonna be celibate. If that's the case, see, as a, 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 as parents, as a, the the codes are gonna require you to abide. Like, look at ants, look at bees. They abide by a certain way that they abide by. You're not gonna deviate. I was watching something with my son called the Bee Movie or something like that, and I was just sitting there uh-huh. watching it, and I thought about it, and I said they must have had some entomologists to help them with this movie to do consulting because they operated by code. Mm-hmm. They didn't deviate from that. They, they 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 did their job and it worked. That's why I read so much Fuller. I keep telling niggas about Fuller. Niggas want to talk about Cory Booker and all this bullshit. I said, man, I don't want to listen to them ass niggas. But yeah, man, you know, they, they want to talk about Gillum and Abrams and Booker. And I said, you really want to listen to some nigga that was found in a goddamn hotel with some naked niggas? You want to listen to them niggas? 
You want to listen to you want to listen to a nigga where a white supremacist asks a, a black man, "Are you a black man?" and he says, "Well, first I'm a man and I'm a Christian and all." You want to listen to a nigga like that? I said, "Oh Lord." I said, "Okay." No, 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 no. We we can't do that. Well, I thank the police, whoop my ass and Selma, and I thank them. You want to listen to a nigga like that? So you got to understand when we talk to our family members and our friends and we talk to people that, that, are, that are coming from that standpoint. They're really not coming from the standpoint of black empowerment. They say they are, but they're not. Because the first thing they start doing is they start talking about stuff that ain't got nothing to do with the task at hand. Religion, horizontal issues. They're not talking about vertical issues. They're talking about anything but. And it's a choice to be made, you know. So, but yeah, hey, that's that's my thought on the flag and and all of that. But yeah, man. Uh, thanks for letting me hop on, man. Um, DP, I'm gonna I'm gonna hop off and I'm gonna keep listening. Thank you, thank you. We're gonna go through some more articles and stuff. We went a little longer than we thought, but we we gonna keep it going. Thank you all so right. much for calling in. I think I'm gonna do live a little more often because I enjoy it. All right, cool, man. All right, thank you. Med you need it. Calls in. Great conversation. You know, I covered a little more than I thought I would, but let's let's get into this person here. Now, this is what they call a NOW board member. This is probably another liberal liberal left arm. Now, this is a member of the feminist organization from a board member that is recently identified as Asian American in an effort to boost her campaign. This is another Dolezal, and I hope she could cook some good collard greens. This year's board elections at the National Organization for Women have already poised to be tense. Allegations of racism at the highest levels of the feminist group have infuriated its membership and pitted current board members against one another. Now the election is threatening to be completely upended by allegations that a candidate is claiming to be a woman of color in order to boost her election prospects. Now members told the Daily Beast they were shocked when BJ Starr, a current board member, identified herself as Asian American in campaign materials. Starr, born Barbara Benzik, you know that's a European name, had never identified herself in previous campaigns and lists herself as white in voter registrations dated back to 1984. I told you about them Karens that them five dollar Indians, them five dollar Indian Warrens that try to get tangible benefits by voting and coming in these little minority groups. See, these minority groups are very dangerous for us because over 50% of the minority contracts are given to Karens, right? That statement I made is either true or false. Look it up. I didn't make it up. Karen made that up. Karen came up with those stats. That was Trailer Trash Bob that came up with those stats. So it says multiple members said Star had not identified herself as a woman of color in past conversations. See, that whole woman of color, I'm not even going to finish the rest. That old woman of color garbage, I was trying to tell one of my family members, they start talking about people of color, woman of color. They don't want, when people start talking about that bullshit, they're not talking about black. They're talking about anybody that says, oh, yeah, sister girl. Yeah, you know, let's watch them Atlanta Housewives. We all won. So they can sit there and talk to you about Atlanta Housewives, but they can't talk to you about reparations. 
They could talk about WAP, but they can't talk about reparations. They could talk about, oh, you know, Sandra Bland and this, that, and the third. And then you start asking them, well, what are we going to do about the race soldier that murdered her in the jail? Oh, well, you know, we do police reform. Well, what about him getting a life sentence with no parole or perhaps a death penalty? I'm sure Texas would oblige. They don't talk about that. So they're using that old Sojourner Truth mode. Ida B. Wells wasn't going. Sojourner Truth got wrapped up into the feminist white movement. It was probably too late. You see what I'm saying? But that whole woman's movement thing, you see, the feminist thing, a lot of them will go and try to get the bread, leave the black women out, pull the Me Too move. And then when you hear about Epstein's mistress, or should I say bedwench, they got her locked up right now. Moving her from jail to jail because they don't want her to spill the beans. You see what I'm saying? Then they'll drag Okra and Kale out after they pretty much demonize rest in peace Kobe Bryant and his and his child. They'll bring these these niggas out. They ain't never spoke up for black folks. The last time that I really seen Okra in a in, in, in a in, in, in a in a real in a real live bona fide movie was Color Purple. Harpo Harpo just loves to beat me. I love Harpo. Ain't heard no word from Harpo. Weinstein probably probably still out there with all types of blondes telling him you ain't going to get no goddamn director deal. You ain't going to be in this movie unless you feel my balls. I love Harpo. Harpo beat me. I fixed that mailbox. See, they, they pull a ceiling and a mist on you. I fixed that mailbox. So you wouldn't be looking at it. See, they'll, they'll bring those out. And then when it comes to black women getting tangible benefits, they start talking about, well, you know, black people, you, you know, they're the biggest victims of coronavirus. Well, OK, then we are the biggest. Then we should be the biggest recipients of the benefits and the tangibles for the four. Right. We'll get into that in a minute. There's a show that I wanted to talk about real quick, real quick called Lovecraft Country. There's a book that I was going to buy off Amazon and um. H.P. Lovecraft, they said, was a virulent racist. Now, this is from the L.A. Times. Lovecraft Country Confronts His Legacy. Now, it says Atticus Tick Friedman explains why he loves the sci-fi novel Princes of Mars, even though its protagonist is a Confederate soldier. Quote, stories are like people, says Tick, who was on his way home to Chicago. Loving them doesn't mean they're perfect. You just try to cherish them, overlook their flaws. That's a very interesting quote. But Love Calf Country, it follows Tick, his uncle George, childhood friend Letitia, Journey Smollett. Shout out to Journey Smollett, beautiful sister. She was on Underground. Her brother shouldn't have did that bullshit. Probably messed up her name in Hollywood. Anyway, other family members as they encounter monstrous racists as well as literal monsters in the early civil rights era. The drama is primarily set in the North, a region that was technically integrated, but where discriminatory housing policy, sundown laws, and the specter of violent intimidation meant that de facto segregation was widespread. And like Get Out uses horror to confront deeply rooted bias in all corners of American society. Now, this Lovecraft, this this uh, this Lovecraft country, um. Jordan Peele is doing this. 
Jordan Peele is putting this together. And I believe J.J. Abrams, yes, J.J. Abrams is the executive producer. Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams. And um, they talked about Lovecraft. Now, who was H.P. Lovecraft? Now, he was born in 1890, came of age in the early 20th century, okay? A time of sweeping cultural and scientific change. Now, he grew up in Providence, Rhode Island, and a shabby genteel family that lost most of its wealth, says Leslie S. Klinger, editor of the new annotated H.P. Lovecraft. Now, both his parents died in a mental hospital before he reached adulthood, which may have contributed to his rather gloomy outlook on life. And he was largely raised by his aunts. I was watching James and the Giant Peach for my son the other day, and I thought about when his parents died and then he moved in with his aunts, and they were really, really hideous people. Anyway... Though he spent most of his life in Providence, for a few miserable years, he resided in Brooklyn and experiences seems to have heightened his xenophobic impulses. Now, his work was published sporadically in pulp magazines and he sometimes helped edit other people's writings, but he was never steadily employed and lived for many years on an allowance from his wife. Now, Lovecraft died penniless and obscure in 1937. I didn't know that. Now, in decades after his love, after Lovecraft's death, his cult following grew thanks to the efforts of his fans, critics and academics. Now, it says, why is this such a big deal? Lovecraft helped create a genre known as cosmic horror stories filled with dread and terror at the knowledge that humans are not the most important things in the universe. Before I get into that, I want to talk about how a wise man once said the things that you do. Are going to be most important most important hundreds of years from now so when they talked about lovecraft in a sense okay if i write a book now a prophet may not be accepted in his own land however many decades to hundreds of years later people may catch on and get the game so it says quote he was beginning to write at a time when science was making vast and profound discoveries, says Klinger. When he came to believe, I think deeply and honestly, was that human beings were insignificant little dust motes in this enormous universe and that eventually we would discover that we were not particularly significant. Now, he was affiliated with a group of writers known as the Lovecraft Circle who freely borrowed imagery from his work and helped establish a system of lore called the Cthulhu Mistos, a fantastical shared universe of alien deities. The best known of these creatures is Cthulhu, a many tentacled bat-winged octopus dragon hybrid that has inspired countless other horror movie monsters. Other Lovecraftian tropes include the Necro, the Necromican, the Book of the Dead, a fictional book of magic. So it says long after his death, the author influenced a host of contemporary writers and filmmakers, including Stephen King, Galero de Toro, George R.R. R. Martin. And I think he was the one that did the Game of Thrones, Ridley Scott, uh, I rock with Ridley, Alan Moore, John Carpenter and Neil Gaiman. His work had been adapted into video games and movies, including the most recent Nicolas Cage vehicle, Color Out of Space and, La and Lovecraftian imagery pervades contemporary pop culture from stranger things i love that that's a great one insidious mind flare to the terrifying spaghetti monster from the first existential dread latin season of true detective to south park's very own cthulhu now they said why is he racist yes very even by the intolerant standards of his era 
Lovecraft's bigotry is most evident in his voluminous correspondence. He wrote somewhere between 10,000 to 100,000 letters in his lifetime, according to Klinger. In his letters, he candidly expressed contempt for Jews, black people, and non-white immigrants and voiced an overwhelmingly fear of miscegenation. He praised Southerners for resorting to extra legal measures such as lynching in their efforts to keep the races separate. Anything is better than a mongrelization, which would mean the hopeless deterioration of a great nation. In 1912, he wrote a poem called The Creation of the N-Word, which imagines black people's beasts wrought by the gods in semi-human figure filled with vice. I'm not going to go any further about that article. Y'all can look that up, but I'm going to check that out on HBO and see what's going on with that series. This goes to show foundational black Americans and black folks in general have been the victims of anti-black rhetoric, media, etc. for many, many, many years. So I just want to bring that up. Now, here's another article here as we'll be closing out soon. The U.S. employee employer shed IT jobs amid faltering reopening plans. Now, remember, I said well over eight months ago that black folks need to get on top of this information technology game. And it says job postings in once hot tech sector cool off as firms assess economic outlook. Now, this came out in August 11th, 530 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It says U.S. employers shed roughly 134,000 IT jobs in July, the first month of tech job declines since nationwide lockdowns to combat the spread of the coronavirus began in March. Now, U.S. employers shed roughly 134,000, blah, 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 according to IT, the IT group CompTIA, a signal that companies might be taking a wait and see approach as questions remain over everything from a new stimulus package to the return of in person schooling amid the coronavirus pandemic. Now, July marked the first month of tech jobs decline since March. Employers across industries expanded net IT headcount in April, May, and June, according to CompTIA. Now, while tech jobs remain among the most in demand, some firms may be hesitant to fill them. Now, I've seen this because I've had a couple of different interviews and, you know, a lot of people got put on hold. Now, listen to this. It says here, Perhaps they want to see how the stimulus package is going to play out, Mr. Herbert said. They want to see how states navigate school reopenings, a lot of those factors that they probably are hoping to get some clarity on before investing in additional hires. So you have schools. Everything has to do with support and IT. Everything. So I always tell people to check out the website www.beingblackandit.com how to get into the information technology game and try to navigate some of those pitfalls that's on amazon prime www.beingblackandit.com it's worth a look because that's probably going to be when shit hits the fan that's going to be one of the last things to go now it says here the results are based on an analysis of last week's u.s department department uh, data U.S. Labor Department data, which reported that 1.8 million new jobs were added in July, lowering the unemployment rate to 10.2% from 11.1% in June. The unemployment rate for jobs stood at 4.4% in July, up from 4.3% in June. Roughly half of the nation's 12 million IT jobs were placed in the enterprise tech sector with the rest in IT related jobs that companies spread across the economy. Together, they represent roughly 8% of the U.S. workforce. 
Now it says that tech sector jobs in July were driven in part by losses in the IT and software services segment, as well as the tech manufacturing sector, which produces hardware and other components. Across all sectors, job postings in IT fell to roughly 235,000 in July, down from nearly 269,000 in June and about 358,000 in March. Now, quoting Adam LaBarbi, professionals across the board are filling the Titan market. Senior Director of Delivery Transformation and Staffing Firm K-Force. Despite the job losses in July, more than half a million IT jobs have been added so far this year, including a net 203,000 jobs from April to July with tech jobs related to cybersecurity and e-commerce fueling many of the, of the gains, the analysts say. So you notice the words they are going back and forth talking about there's losses, but then there's additions and this, that, and the third. Taking both sides of the argument, as Neely Fuller says. So you got you to gotta watch these articles and read through the lines. So it says here, now listen to this. Greg Paleri, the technology and engineering group president at staffing firm Bronstad, said the company's clients have been beefing up their IT support staff job postings. Quote, as many of us continue to work from home, there's an increased burden on companies to provide sufficient tech support to their remote employees, which is why we've seen an increase in IT support rolls by 16% in July. Now, let's go. Now you go back up. They were talking about they had a loss, but then they said they had an increase. They said that about three or four different times in this article. So you got to think about who they're targeting, and who they think is going to read that article. Y'all probably didn't even know about this. And there's a few more articles I want to go through real quick. Now, for folks that's talking about, well, we got to have your vote. Well, damn it. Reuters said on August 4th in the year of our Lord 2020 on Tuesday at 11.06 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Reuters said that black owned businesses are more vulnerable to coronavirus crisis. Black owned U.S. businesses failed at a disproportionate. Disproportionate, uh, disproportionately higher rate than those owned by whites during the coronavirus epidemic because they were in poor financial shape, less prepared to tap federal aid and late and, and face longer closures. The New York Federal Reserve said many black owned businesses were already in a tough financial spot when the crisis hit and were less equipped to outlast the prolonged business closure seen in areas with high infection rates. Now, I got a question. This is the very this is the most serious question tonight. Given that that is the statement and that statement is made by Reuters is either true or false. With that statement, what the hell are we dying to go vote for people that don't want to support us in that measure? They said black businesses, money, tangibles, so if you're not going to support us in tangibles, what the hell does that mean? I want everybody to go check out www.beingblackandit.com. And also with the increase of the coronavirus, you might want to consider going to www.dirkswipes.com. D-E-R-X wipes.com to get your disinfectant wipes i'll be back online hopefully with a live 
within the next couple days or other, otherwise I'll do another recording. I appreciate everybody tonight checking me out. I got some information from Podbean that said we had a thousand downloads. Let's keep this up. Y'all have a good night over and out.